0: Hey, everybody, welcome to the Mob Mentality Podcast. This is the podcast made for moms of busy babies and Our title of our conversation that we're going to have with Kathleen Miner today is called Self-Perception is Everything, which I totally stole from you and your book that we're going to be talking about. But she is the author of the 30-Day Self-Perception Makeover and a CEO of a nonprofit, which I'm excited for you to share about as well. So let's get into all the good details of women's health today, talking about your chances, your choices, your relationships, um, a little bit of your own backstory on how it was to be a stay-at-home mom and manage your own physical mental health and develop a successful business. So if you're a mom that is in any of these life stages, you are not going to want to miss out today. So welcome, Kathleen. Thanks for being here. Thank you for having me. This is awesome. Yeah. We're going to have a lot of fun today. We are. We are. So let's just jump right in. Would you share a little bit of your story? Like, how, how are we sitting here right now today? Right. Well, I will say first, I am a mom of four
1: and a grandmother to three now, which honestly, I when you're in it as a stay-at-home mom, or even I was a working mom at one point too, and you're like, oh, that's forever. That's going to take forever to get to that stage in your life. And yeah. I look back now and I'm like, where did all the time go? Like my mom always said, "Kath, this will pass." And I was like, um, "I know, but I'm in it now, and this is hard." Uh, but she's right; she, she was right. <laughs> and it Mom's by. always to end up right somehow. They do right. And my I have a, <laughs> my daughter that's 29 that has three girls. Uh, she says that now. <laughs> you know, she's like, "Man, mom."
0: Um, yep.
1: So that's that's really how I got here. But you know, I got pregnant when I was 19. Okay, And I got married. And then I had one more child and got divorced at a young age. So I was a single mom of two kids for a while working a full time job and then three part time jobs just to keep and you know, make ends meet keep going. Wow. He's moving. But you know, I'm a go getter. I'm a hard worker. And it's, I'll make it work. Um, mm-hmm. And I always had that sort of leadership mentality, I meaning, you know, you see it. You probably see it in your kids too, right? Some of our kids are more of a leader and some of them are are more of a, eh, let's go, you know, we'll see how it works out. And I was more of a, a just a leader. And I say that because when um, I worked at Mayo Clinic and I Ooh. worked my way up, this was before um, OSHA and all of the other stuff came in, right? Where they would actually train you to do things that nurses did and everything else because- Hippo wasn't there, like there was none of this other stuff you had to deal with.
0: Yeah, um but that's I worked cool. my
1: I'm sorry. I said that's pretty cool. Like it was to, you really know, cool. Yeah. It was really cool. Um, and so I worked my way up to be a supervisor and because that's what I was gonna do is I didn't want to just be a worker. I want to be a supervisor. And I really, really loved my time there. And I really got to learn a lot about customer service and just patience and what I love and things like that. But I really found that to be really hard, right? Being a working mom
0: having Mm -hmm. two kids
1: on my own. And that is when I started to realize that certain things were going great in my life and other things weren't. Okay. And so it kind of hit me like, okay, Kath, what do you think about yourself? I was always in high school and things like that really worried about other people thought. And Mm -hmm. when I looked at myself in the mirror, of course, I always saw all the things that were not good. Like so many people can relate to that.
0: And I ended up with an
1: eating disorder in high school. And it's something that I switched, you know, obviously got out of that and and had all of that taken care of, which took a while. But, you know, the thing is, is that I think we started to realize that our self-perception, what we think and feel about ourselves, literally dictates everything in our world. Everything. Like, completely agree. Yeah. The chances that I was taking, the choices I was making the people that I was that I was hanging around with, and then the ones that I was like, you know what? Nope, this isn't for me. It doesn't feel right. I'm out. I don't really care what you think about it. I'm just, it's not for me. And so once I started to realize that, I started to think, oh my gosh, things are starting to fall into place. Like I'm actually feeling really good about life. And so in doing that, uh, one of my second jobs, like I said, I had a full-time job and two part-time jobs, one was cleaning houses on the weekend, which, I brought my, oh my God, like I, that really did me so much good. I would be in those houses cleaning and I'd be cleaning the mirrors and doing things and be thinking, oh my gosh, one day I'm going to have somebody clean for me. Like that was my attitude in there. Cause I was like, Ooh, yeah, I was like, I can't go in here thinking, oh, here I have to go clean somebody else's house again. Yeah. Um, so I literally like lived that when I was doing it. My third job was after work, I would go and teach aerobics and personal train women. So I went and got certified in just about every kind of fitness thing you can ever imagine And because I was needed to make extra money. And I would bring my kids with me to the gym. So I'd pick them up from daycare. We'd go to the gym. It was just the way we did it. And they sat and they were able to sit in the corner and watch me teach the classes and things. So I started training the women that I was training. We started also working on their self-perception. How can you not? That's how I kind of got into that because I started thinking, okay, I was looking great on the outside. I was working out. I've always loved being into fitness, especially coming out of an eating disorder. I realized that I've got to do this a healthy way, Mm -hmm. right? I really want to look and feel a certain way. I've got to exercise, eat, right? Do all that. You know, making yourself sick isn't going to be a long-term fix. So, But what I realized was even though my body might have looked great on the outside, on the inside, I was like a mess. I was a mess. I didn't really think very well of myself. I was still concerned about what other people think. So I started to really work on that with my clients as well. And now that I have all these years, because I've been personal training women now off and on for over 30 years, and I can look back now and see the ones that actually still practice this and the ones and that don't. so cool. It is so cool. And the yes. thing is, is we all have control over it.
0: We mm-hmm. all have
1: control over what we do
0: for our mindset and what we
1: think about ourselves.
0: Yeah, I think that, like, on that, the ones that are still doing it, they also have that belief that they have that control. And the ones that don't continue to practice what they've learned or been taught is that they let that go somewhere in the middle of there. And it's like they lose that belief in themselves, but also in that th- this is a skill set and this is something that has to be practiced or it's not going to stick
1: consistency
0: consistency consistency
1: so it's yep. not any different than our workouts right like i mean you and i know we, we i can't go to the gym or work out wherever your gym is for two mm-hmm. weeks and then decide oh i'm good i'm yep. good for a year i might you know look back into this for a couple more days next year yep. like you can't do that so the one and i've had i did have a couple clients that said you know what like i don't need to work on that and i was like okay that's fine We we Mm -hmm. won't, we won't incorporate that in, but I will tell you, those are the ones that didn't keep up with the way that they were taking care of their bodies either.
0: Yep. When I look back, I always feel like there's so much that's underneath the surface and it's like whatever avenue gets you to where you want to go as far as like getting your foot in the door of, okay, I want to start becoming healthier and it can be for very superficial reasons of, you know, I just want to look good in a swimsuit. But deep down, there's some reasons why you haven't looked good in a swimsuit up until now, but also what is going to keep you going once you do look good in a swimsuit to continue to look good in a swimsuit because it is so easy. And I think especially in our world of convenience that we live in now, like it is super easy just to fall into bad habits, bad thinking patterns. And (laughs) the bad thinking patterns is key because it's everywhere. This is totally off of what I actually had like planned for us. but I know this is one of your areas. and so when we're talking about it's like this social media even influence of what all we see as women, I know like one area you're passionate about is actually working with kids on the impacts that social media and tech and everything has in their lives. like yeah, so what's your thoughts on that from a child standpoint and then also like into adulthood as yeah. women? Well, because
1: of the things that we're seeing, right? I've, I mean, you've heard it a million times. There's a ton of filters, and I'm all for a filter. I mean, I, I don't really use them that often, um, but you know, when we're a teen and preteen, our minds are thinking what we're seeing is real. So when and when I was younger, I'm 52 now. We didn't have social media, however, the magazines did it, right? Oh, yeah. I saw those, and I was like, I've got to. That's the way I want to look. So this is what I'm going to have to do to do it. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, these days, everybody's bombarded parted with it. And since we're already living in a more negative type lifestyle, meaning that, you know, you have the news here and you've got the social media stuff here. And let's be real, people love drama and they love trauma. So they're feeding off of it. So when you're already in that mindset and then you see, you know, Susie Q, who always looks like she's having the best day ever and her body looks amazing. And you're like, oh my God, my life is horrible. Like, You know, damn
0: you, Susie. Uh, it's mean, <laughs> you know, a damn I, you, Susie.
1: No, why is Susie like this? Like, how is Susie living like this? Yeah. And I will tell you, my daughter and I, my I have four kids. Like I said, my oldest is 32 and the next one's 29. And um, she even says, you know, sometimes she will just not follow certain people because it, she, when, but the thing is, is she recognizes when it starts to make her feel a certain way, right? She's a stay at home mom of three girls. And she's like, okay, I know this is not real. <laughs> Yeah, but I don't know if I want to look at it anymore because Mm -hmm. their house looks always looks very happy and la la la, which, listen though, if somebody's showing some really great stuff all the time on social media, I promise you that's not really the way it is. Now, I'm not saying it's just because when people are showing, you know, the birthdays and stuff like that, but you know what I mean. You see it. It's like the people have to talk about how much they love their boyfriend all the time on social media and you're like, okay, well, there's some problems there. I can already tell you there's some issues. But with our kids these days, they're being exposed to things that they're not ready to be exposed to, right? Whether it comes with looks or whether it comes to somebody that has something that they don't have, um, drugs, alcohol, nudity, stuff like that, right? So then their brains are now bombarded with all this other stuff that they don't have a chance to using the old cliche of you don't have a chance to be a kid
0: mm-hmm. their brains
1: are now thinking about whoa whoa, whoa whoa what was that now is that something that I need to start considering in my life which kind of has to do also with you know think about I mean when I first heard that there were 12 and 13 year olds that were doing sexual things at school oh, yeah, I just my mouth this was years ago but I was like oh my god like how do they even know about that? Like, maybe I was naive, but let me just tell you, when I was yeah. in middle school, we weren't talking about that. Mm-hmm. We weren't,
0: especially elementary school. And now they're asking questions and want to know things. And I mean, third grade, fourth grade, it, they're so little. They are, and they're not ready for it. So that is the effect that social media has.
1: And unfortunately for us, which actually ended okay, fine, which is, we're so grateful but about three years ago, um, one of my children, who were just coming into teenagehood, um, we started having some issues. Started noticing a big difference in the way they were acting, friends hanging out with, and mm-hmm. and I'm that mom that checks cell phones. Okay, I am a cell phone checker, and I okay. will tell them they know I check the cell phones. This is not I'm not hiding it, and the we never let our kids have cell phones before high school, of course. That was horrible too because they, oh, um, yeah. <laughs> i was the only parent that ever did that which i know isn't true um, but we had to have all the cell phones parked downstairs in the little dock by 10 p.m every night no excuses so that's you know i checked the phones well i was doing my normal phone checks and i was seeing i was like okay this is cool i wasn't really seeing anything but i knew something had to be wrong something wasn't right so the mom intuition hits you like we say you know what you give a mom, parent, but a mom especially, something, they, they are better than the FBI. Like, we will find oh, yeah. out. <laughs> so, what I noticed once I really started going in was they hide apps behind apps. So, for instance, the little camera wasn't really the camera. The camera, when you pushed on it, was TikTok or Snapchat or something else. Ooh, they and, were smart on you, trying yeah. to be smart. Well, I'm looking at the phone like, well, okay, well, that, yeah, all right. I don't even see anything to look at today. Um, they weren't supposed to be on TikTok. Okay, they're not on TikTok. Anyway, long story short, there was some self-harm that happened. There were some things that we dealt with, um, hospitalizations and things. and And then, thank goodness, we're on the other side of that now. But I will tell you, the stuff that these kids are being fed, So, and it's all in the algorithm in the background. So, for instance, um, just from experience, I go to search for a white crop top. They're going to assume I'm probably a preteen or a teenage girl. Mm -hmm. So, I get put on that algorithm of certain things being fed to me in the background. Um, And it's coming on my feed right away. Like, you know, those suggested things, you know, like this. Well, that's what's being shown to adults and kids before they see the people that they really follow. So what's showing is things like how to self-harm. And this is what you can do if you're depressed. And this is how you can cut yourself without your parents seeing, you know. And and this is the drug that you can try. Oh, and by the way, there's a challenge coming up with this over-the-counter drug. And this is what the kids are seeing. So it's, it's a so, huge
0: problem. That's a lot. That's a I mean, lot. And that's only a minute part of it. I mean, that's a lot for an adult brain to handle. Uh, because, I mean, we do like we look at certain things and we compare and we judge ourselves. And I think a lot of that's where this like guilt and shame and everything that we deal with as adults and especially as women of our own self-worth and our in our image, our body image. And our brains are actually capable of handling it. And it's like give that to a kid. And I mean, what do we expect? Right. Because as adults, we can say, you know what? Okay, this isn't
1: good for me. I'm, I'm either going to block them or unfollow or whatever you want to do, mm-hmm. right? Like you have the rationalization in your head to do that. And you're right. The kids don't. They're not ready for it. Their mm-hmm. brains aren't developed. And you probably know this just as well as I do that, you know, they're now saying that the brain isn't even fully developed until 26 or 27 now. Yep. And a lot of that has to do with the instant gratification. So therefore, the part of our brain that is used to, like, when I was younger, you know, having to go to find an encyclopedia, go find, like, I had to go research or ask a lot of people if I wanted an answer to a question. I couldn't just go, there was no, none of this Googling or, or it just wasn't there. So our brains were able to adapt and be able to build those areas. And now everything is instant gratification. So Mm -hmm. I mean, whether it's, it can be any kind of instant gratification. So they are not having to let that brain work and find that information. So it's delaying actually maturity. Yeah. So that's why, you know, you look at something, you know, every kid's different. Let's be real, right? Like I've yeah, got four children. Sure. I've got, you know, one that I always worried, gosh, are, are they going to look both ways before she crosses the street? Like, is she, I mean, like, you know, but yet <laughs> academically, bright. And then I've got another one that will just, is very, you know, like, you don't have it's to worry. Totally about different, it. yeah. Mm-hmm. Totally different. Um, but are so how do you know which kids to say, hey, listen, you know what, you're old enough and mature enough to know what's right or wrong on what you're seeing. But yeah. unfortunately, this has been a blanket type thing. I've seen people with kids that are seven and they've got cell phones, and I don't think they realize this. These cell phones are like an open world. Mm-hmm. They can get onto anything. And even if you've got a VPN on your kid's phone, I will tell you when we were going through this, my child took the VPN off. I didn't think you could do that, but apparently you can. They're so smart. (laughs) I had the code.
0: Yeah. So I mean, they
1: can get wherever they want.
0: Yep. It's. I have these mixed emotions, you know, when it comes to technology. I mean, even with myself personally, it's like, I work constantly on technology and I think that's a lot of things that a lot of people can relate to now. It's like so much has gone to even remote work and you know we need it, but it's like where's the where's the good and the bad? And I always say I've this love hate with technology. And so just it's surprising even for adult women how hard it is to stop filling your mind with negativity to unfollow people even though you realize it puts you in a bad mood to stop attending certain types of friend events or community events when it puts you in a negative headspace and it really is it's pretty shocking that it's like we even though have this understanding it's like this is not serving you and we have to know
1: enough to just say you know what it doesn't matter what anybody else thinks which is when we come back to self perception it matters how we feel because how we feel and how we think is radiating out everything around us, including our kids and our family. They're Mm -hmm. seeing what we're doing. They're feeling what we're doing. Now I've called it weeding out and I've done it in a couple of different times in my life where certain friends, even hairdressers, honestly, like I weed them out. When I start feeling that, okay, you know what, Like they're going down a different path than I am. Uh, An example was I had a friend that Um, Years ago, and I started noticing they were like always comparing themselves to other people, but then not just that, saying how they could make that person better.
0: Oh, I could really
1: make them dress better. Oh my gosh, if they just did this, we and I, it just does not align with me. I felt very just, and it's kind of a bummer the first time you realize that because you're like, gosh, Mm -hmm. I thought I was really good friends with that person. Yeah. And then not that they're a bad person, it's just I'm not going that way anymore. And mm-hmm. I really want to look at the good side of things because I know, again, what I'm putting out there is what I'm getting back in some way, right? When Because I'm thinking yes. better about myself. If I'm not hanging out with people that are always criticizing others or as the old saying goes, keeping up with the Joneses, like that's so not my way, but it is some other people's. And mm-hmm. I think we've just got to be afraid, not afraid to unfollow people, just unfollow yeah. people. I'd still do it. I'd do it. All the time. I mean, like you. I mean, I'm on social media a lot. I'm on media because that's that's life these days, right? Like, yeah. that's how we do things. That's how we look at how we're being able to talk. But if I see something that doesn't feel right, I don't, like, unfriend the person.
0: I just unfollow them. I just yeah. unfollow. And it's something that is actually, I don't know if a lot of people know or not, but even, like, in certain settings, you can even go, like, on Facebook nowadays, and if you have somebody that is constantly posting and it's more negative or, you know, it's just something you don't want to see, like you can actually choose to limit the, mm-hmm. the things that you see of theirs. So like anybody watching on Facebook or, you know, any of the other platforms, like you may not necessarily like, Oh, I just don't want to not be friends with them, but you can limit right. your interaction with them and what you see. So that's just like right. a little side, side note. Well, for it is. And listening. it's important
1: because, you know, like when we talk about with our kids or as adults, you know the the five people we choose to hang out with that's the direction you're going and i've really it, it started probably in my erwell did in my early 20s when i was like okay like this is real this is real stuff my parents mm-hmm. always tried to tell me and i thought they were crazy but you know what they're not they weren't and they're not So, but the thing these days is it's not even the five people we choose to hang out with. It's the people that we're seeing, right? Because before social media and before our phones, our smartphones came out, we had to physically be with those people or answer the phone. And you know what we did? If we did not want to talk to them, we just didn't answer the phone. So now it's in our face. It's even, or it's texting. That could be the same thing, right? That you keep receiving texts from people. So, I think it's important for, and I say women because that's what I am and that's what I can relate to, right? Moms and, yeah. And I tell my sons the same things, but the boys, I don't know, in in
0: my life, don't really care that much. They're just like, they're a little bit easier to be like, yeah, it's like, I don't want to talk to them. So, it's fine. Like, they don't have as much. when we do even like disc assessments and things on people that we coach it's like you know finding out like how can we help you the best and a lot of women are more of that nurturing side of like Mm -hmm. we want to help people feel good like we want to make them feel good and be a helper and i think that ties into it's like we just care a little bit more about that social influence and that social impact
1: but i will say in in that though caring and wanting to help people though too So that can be a a negative thing and a good thing, right? It can be a little bit of each. I know when I was younger, I always, and I still help people. I help people literally every day. But you know what? I do have my boundaries now. And I know, Mm -hmm. and I kind of vet things a little bit more. And I have to, I really go by the way I feel instead of, oh, somebody needs help. I need to do this. Because I've really got to do what's best for me, which
0: is ultimately best
1: for anybody else that surrounds me.
0: I like that. That's so even with like your own personal self-care routine, like whether it be from your personal development, from business, your mindset, your physical fitness, what are some of your boundaries that you have in place that make mm-hmm. sure that you're taking care of yourself before you take care of everybody else? Absolutely. So I have what I call non-negotiables.
1: And those are my, more. that's really my morning routine. It is okay. really my morning routine. And I have had that. And even my older kids, like I said, the oldest is 32. He will even tell you. it. I, I had that morning routine. My kids always knew where to find me early in the morning. And then it's so fun, which I'll tell you in a minute about their routines now. But with the book, for instance, this is a good example, Self-Perception Makeover. I do that every six months. Because you kind of alluded to this earlier, the outside world starts to change the way we think and feel, mm-hmm. right? Well, it takes approximately five to six months for it to start coming back in again. And it's just a natural thing. So every six months, I do my own book. It takes 30 days. It takes about 10 minutes to do it each day for 30 days. So that's part of my routine every six months. Other than that, every single morning, I am up early before anybody else. I did it even when my kids were little. The only time it was a little bit of of a struggle, I'm not going to lie, is when they were, you know, not sleeping, when they were babies. Oh, yeah. A whole other world. Um, It is. But I still made sure I got something in, right? So I included my morning routine. I say journaling and and basically I, I write down what I'm thankful for. Um, and or whatever comes to me that day, but I always put it on a leave it on a positive note because I am always really big about not leaving things on a negative because there's so many different kinds of journaling. Um, and then I do my exercise and that is just part of my morning routine. Even when I go on, I don't even say vacations anymore because at my age, I really feel like this is just a lifestyle. I'm gonna go where I want, I'm gonna do what I want. Because I want to live a vacation. And I started thinking this way even when I was a stay at home mom. I'm like, you know what? This is my life. I'm making the best of it. And it really is a mindset thing, right? Okay. You got to think about the good things. Yes, I'm absolutely exhausted, but what am I going to do today? So, anyway, my my morning routine is how I stay consistent and how I work on myself. If there's ever a time that I do not get my morning routine in, which is so slim, I can't even really give you an example um, because it's probably been just a handful of times, maybe. It, yeah. it, I just feel a little bit off mm-hmm. and even if I can't do the whole thing. So say, um, you know, I get up at four, I'd get up at four in the morning. I'm a four o'clocker because I love mornings. Some people like nights. I can't keep up with you guys at night, but I can keep up with <laughs> you in the morning.
0: I um, can't anymore.
1: I've, I've all, I've been like that for so long, but like, say I have to leave the house cause I have a six o'clock flight to take or something. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, I literally will get up at three 30 and I will make sure that I at least have 45 minutes to do my thing yeah and it sets me up for the whole rest of the day because in the big picture that's not much earlier than i'd usually get up and then i feel like okay Kath, you've got that done i really think that has made me sane through the years and i do feel too that our kids see what we're doing right whether it's Mm -hmm. about exercise or journaling or mindset which is all very needed um yes but they see that you know what being consistent and being on a routine is mm-hmm. actually what's going to make me be able to get wherever I want in life, and to be able to be consistent with that, and have time to ourselves. Because the one thing I learned, because when I was younger, I had a hard time being alone. Meaning, I would, mm-hmm. I always wanted to go somewhere or do something. Like I want to almost like keep my mind busy. You know, like mm-hmm. I didn't really want to figure out what was going on here. Um, and I didn't realize that until I was in my early twenties, and I was like, oh whoa. Like the hardest thing to be is with yourself and if you can start learning how to do that at a young age
0: the man you've got the world mm-hmm. That's i like thing. that a lot and being able to even encourage your kids to it's like it's not a social isolation thing it's like it's okay for you to sit alone and have your own thoughts and what do you think what do you want right because you know what mm-hmm the
1: outside world will affect us, whether it's friends or it's really the stuff that, that their they're feet yeah. the on here. Like in the morning, when it's fresh and you've just gotten out of bed. And you know what? So another thing I do is I think of five things and I visualize them that I'm grateful for before I step out of bed every single morning. Like I will not get out of bed without doing it. And so what I do is, so I use my phone as my alarm. Now, some people don't like to have their phones in their rooms. Honestly, I'm not a huge fan of it. And the only reason why I do is because I think that one day I'm not. What if one of my kids from college calls? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah. so, So I use it as my alarm clock, but I also have my snooze set to nine minutes. So when my alarm goes off, I set the snooze. That way, in case I fall asleep, because while you're sitting there thinking of the five things you're grateful for and visualizing them, there is a chance you will fall back asleep. It's very relaxing, actually. <laughs> it is. It's just like... Mm-hmm. And I know that I'm not, I don't have to worry about falling asleep because the alarm's going to go off again in nine mm-hmm. minutes. So I'm good if I fall back asleep. Yep. But I think what, what I was getting at with this with the kids is it helps them realize, though, okay, now what am I thinking? It's fresh. We're in the morning now. Like they can do it before they get out of bed. Like, what am I thinking? And if the first things that are coming to their mind, just as us as moms is coming to our mind, are the negative things, well, that's a big red flag or that's something that we need to say, okay, you know what? We need to change this. Mm -hmm. this this, this shouldn't be the first thing we're thinking of when we wake up in the morning because guess how that's going to set the tone for the day and then you go downstairs your kids are there you're already in a mood because you already thought about the bad things that's going to happen
0: yep and this is speaking to it's like I'm very much in agreement with you. It's like, that's what sets my tone for the day is my, my morning and my evening routine. Like those are things that I completely do for myself, but being a mom that has little ones and I still, she just turned one, my youngest one. And so it's like, she's still in the bedroom. She, and it's like, it can totally, like, I like to wake up before she's up. Like when she wakes up early morning because I'm early morning, she's yeah. early morning. But usually it's like, okay, great. Get her fed, get her changed, put her back to sleep. So that way I can get some time for myself to read, to journal, to start working quietly, enjoy a cup of coffee in peace. Uh, but when you wake up and you, the first things you're getting flooded with are screaming and crying. And yep. it is so easy to just let that get your nerves way up there. And That's where it's like, I like you said, I literally did this this morning is why it's speaking to me so heavily is she's crying like, I'm I'm not getting out of bed this way. And so even though she's crying and we're in the same room, I sat there and I was like, okay, what am I grateful for this morning before I get up? And it's like I'm grateful that you know it's like we have a safe place to live, that she's here, she's healthy, she wants me, she's telling me she wants me. Like instead of, oh my gosh, stop your screaming, little kid.
1: (laughs) (laughs) And that's a mindset thing, right? So it's something everybody can do. And I always like to remind people that nobody else can do that for you. Like you are really the only one, the Mm -hmm. only one.
0: Yes, I loved that. I and a little another like off the on topic but off the topic tip to people. So I like that you said you set your snooze button for that 9 minutes as you're doing your gratitude exercise while you're laying in bed. And if people have trouble like staying asleep or they wake up and they're having trouble falling back to sleep, I feel like it's a lot of that worry and this anticipation and forecasting of the day that takes over. Mm-hmm. And if you can call a timeout, say get back to it's like okay, what am I grateful for? What's going really right? I think that you'll find yourself begin to actually relax and go back to sleep. Right. And so, for our people that struggle with sleep, maybe <laughs> that can be a helpful little side note for them. So, if would you tell us a little bit about your business, like that you started? So, you're successful in business, you have a nonprofit, like I'm besides the book. Uh, yeah. So, I, you
1: know, I've done a few, like I said, the main one thing I did for the longest time was I had a personal training business, basically a concierge business. Um, and I did that while I was a stay at home mom. I'd bring mm-hmm. my kids with me then, too. It was really a lot of fun. <clears throat> and I made mainly my clients were just uh, a lot of people that just didn't want to go to the gym. Mm-hmm. So it was it was wonderful. Now, I'll, I'll tell you a bit about the nonprofit. But right now is something like if you would ask me three years ago if I would be have anything to do with tech or tech startups, I would look at you like you were crazy. Like, I don't even know <laughs> where that came from, but I am. So I'm the CEO and co-founder of two tech startups. And the first one that we are launching in March is called Tuzu, T-U-U-Z-U-U. And it really stems off a little bit of what I told you about, about the kids. Mm-hmm. And that's because, for instance, you know, people are wanting, their kids are watching YouTube, right? They're watching YouTube, but they're watching kid creators on youtube which is perfectly innocent maybe some kids showing you how to do makeup how to make slime whatever you know they're doing all kinds of things i have three grandkids they're eight six and two so you know i've i've seen this stuff although my grand my daughter does not let them watch youtube anymore and the reason is is because the ads that are being placed inside of these kids creative shows or even the cartoon type shows they're not a lot of them are not kid appropriate Mm-hmm. Because when you log on to YouTube, basically, I'm sure you've uploaded many things on YouTube. You check a box. Is this kids? Is this for kids? Is this not for kids? Yeah. There you go. You can put whatever you want on there. Yep. So the problem that we're having is kids are being exposed, again, to things that they're not ready for. So you've got four and five-year-olds that are seeing these ads that either they have nudity or it's about, um, They it could be about anything, sexual, sexual genders. It can be about harming anything
0: mm-hmm. and our kids
1: aren't ready to see that so this one we created a site that basically the kids can upload their stuff on the site they can also monetize it so there's and you don't have to have a certain amount of followers so you That's can cool tips as far as money goes tips meaning money um or you can charge for your video or you can do it free any messages that are sent are also sent to the parents email as well Um, In order for the kids to become a creator on the site, the parent has to verify them. And I say this because the parent has to hold up their ID with them and their kid um, in order to be, and we manually verify to make sure that that is the same person. Same thing with users. So our users have to be verified the first time. And that's our way of at least trying to control this some, right? So we don't have any sort of people that are on there to harm kids or do anything like that. And that kind of stemmed from the stuff that I dealt with, with even the social media stuff and the stuff that I'm seeing with my grandkids and then not being able to watch, you know, even YouTube anymore, unless a parent is sitting right there beside them to see what's going to pop up on the side. I mean, even horror things. So I think um, my uh, granddaughter was watching some kind of, she loves to do makeup. So some sort of makeup tutorial by, from some other kid and um, a horror movie preview showed up in the middle. Like with stabbing and knives and I yeah. mean, you know I I mean I, okay that's not appropriate.
0: Yeah, here we are doing lip gloss and now we got stabbings going on. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so that
1: that's that um, we started on that. So and you know and I'm not a web developer either. I'm not an app developer. We had to get people on board to help us with this. But I have learned so much. I've learned so much. Um, oh, Magic. So that launches in March. But right now what we've got so I, my business partner and I. She is a whole. Uh, um, in charge and runs the largest women's networking group moms called moms in business international literally in the world and so she deals with a lot of women in business um i have dealt with a lot of women helping them from the inside out for all these years i mean she alone has six kids i have four you know we're the mom thing just is what we're doing so we wanted to be also able to help business people to be able to monetize their any of their content whether you're a podcaster whether you're a fitness trainer, whether you're a business coach, whatever. Um, but we wanted them to be able to not have to have so many followers. So, again, basically, we took the Tuzu site, mixed it in with a social site called ZZ Adam. And now people can go over there. They can upload their content. They can make money right away. They have all of these pluses that they can do. And they can also email all of their followers right away. And there's also a social site attached, which, so anyway, there's so much involved in this. I could be here all day. Yeah, I'm excited. Check it out. Yeah, so that's what we're doing with that. And it's, it's an app called ZZ Adam. And within that is something called ZZ Fans. And that's another thing we're recreating is that the fact that these days, a lot of people, when they think of fans, they think of, you know, nudity or adult content just because of what OnlyFans has put out there. But you know what? Your clients, your customers, they're all your fans. They're all your mm-hmm. fans or else they wouldn't be yeah. following you. And so we really just wanted to make it easier for people. So that is going really well. And I would just have to toot our own horns on our blogging system. So our blogging and our articles have a high organic SEO reach. So on the back end, we have made our search optimization, um, search engine optimization, just very high ranking. So anybody that puts blogs on there, it, it's gonna get out. It's gonna get picked up by SEO on Google. And That's so cool. we have a lot of people using it really for the blogging system. Yeah. And so we're really proud of that. You know, here I was a stay at home mom, mainly into fitness, of course, in the medical field before that. And now I'm doing this. So it just goes to show you that if you've got a passion for something, just go for it. Like, just go for it. You have nothing to lose, really, because a lot yeah. of these things you can do on the side. I was lucky enough to be a stay at home mom where I had the option of having time. I mean, I homeschooled my two younger kids. like. It, A life, that's
0: another thing I never thought I would do. (laughs) I've thought about it with so much craziness and my, my son's autistic. So my oldest one, and it's, it's, it's so different. Like everything's such a learning curve and, you know, having, I never thought I would be learning what I am learning even Mm. right now, just from him. And so it's, it is, you never know where things are going to take you.
1: You really don't. You don't. And our, my third child had dyslex has dyslexia. Um, And that kind of was one of the reasons why we ended up homeschooling. But, you know, I mean, he's in college now. He's a junior in college. He does a great. I mean, you know, like there's it's just amazing to see. But I don't know how well it would have went had we kept him in mainstream school. We tried private schools. We tried everything. They just don't have the resources Mm -hmm. that the kids need. Well, and that's just think about it. You know, you've got a room full of kids, whether you got 15 kids in the class or you have 30. They're all so different. And I'm not saying that's not, that doesn't work. My older two kids went through, you know, mainstream private school. They're fine. They're fine too. Um, But I think we have to just take what we can do for each of our kids and they're all so different. So what might work for one may not work for the other. Mm -hmm. Um, And I, I will tell you though, when my kids got into high school, we had to hire a tutor. (laughs) So we had a full-time tutor that sat with them all day uh, because,
0: you know, it's been a long time since I've done some of that stuff. Uh, I can only imagine. That's when you say it's like, oh, we're going from this to being in a tech company. Like, I mean, that's a, a big transition, but it's like you, it's really inspiring. I think for a lot of women that are listening that whatever phase of motherhood you're in or just whatever phase you're in as a woman, period, whether you're trying to transition into a different job, you're unhappy in a relationship that you're at, like, okay, what do you want? And being able to answer that honestly.
1: Right. So, and, and I know we're probably running out of time, but I'll just want to briefly. So the nonprofit that I started in 2017 is called Hopeful Handbags Global. And basically what we do is we help survivors of domestic abuse and their children globally. Well, this is the thing is most people think abuse is just physical. And it's not. Mm -hmm. So that's why we don't call it domestic violence. I mean, it could be psychological, it can be, you know, financial, there's so many different ways. And, you know, obviously, we also help people that are just in downright unhappy marriages. Because it kind of all goes together, as you know, they think that they don't deserve any better, or they don't know how to get out, and things like that. So we have programs that we help people with, with that. And, you know, I started that because my, grand, my mom grew up in a very abusive home. My grandmother was abused. My mom and all the kids were. And I always wondered, why did she stay? So, mm-hmm. you know, and she passed away about 35 years ago now um, from a brain injury. And, you know, you can only get hit so many times. So that was kind of the thought behind it. And she loved her handbag. And it's where she'd take with her everywhere. So we collect handbags globally. We fill them with necessities. And we open up the conversation. And we donate those to women getting back on their feet. But we also are really strong in self-defense. So we have a whole self-defense movement mm-hmm. for women. I like and- that. Um, we, do, we do certifications now starting now in 2024 where women can get certified to teach other women self-defense. So we use a Krav Maga base. I, I personally learned self-defense by kickboxing, using a kickboxing mm-hmm. base when I used to teach. So it is absolutely amazing. Everybody needs this. Everybody needs it. We also have mm-hmm. self-defense classes. So it's not just for abuse survivors. Like this is literally something we have open to everyone. And they're so fun and they're so successful because you don't know what you don't know. Right. You just mm-hmm. don't know it. And, and yeah. like, you, you might know, like I do, like if I go into a store or restaurant, I'm automatically looking for exits. Um, I already know that if I look down at my phone, I'm already a target. You know, there's certain things that our kids need to know as well. And adults, you know, moms, you've got your kids in tow with you. What are you going to do if somebody comes up? You have to at least think about it and have a plan. You mm -hmm. may never have to use it, but you need to have a plan. Because being caught off guard, I mean, don't just stand there and open up all the doors to your car. Come on, everybody. You know, if you're in a parking lot. You know, at mm-hmm. a place. Yeah. So we have that. Then we have a special project, which we call um, our special project right now for the past two years has been Kenya. So we raise money and we um, employ our HH Kenya board and the people there to put in rainwater harvesting tanks. The schools there have no running water, no bathrooms. Every, I mean, the kids are all going to the hospital, not all, but a lot of them go to the hospital for waterborne illnesses. That has totally been eradicated at the schools we put these tanks in. So, um, and we're employing survivors to work the jobs and then they're learning a trade and they're teaching other people a trade. There's a lot that goes into this, but what triggered me to say this is when you're talking about people, women that are in unhappy marriages and they don't really know like, okay, what am I going to do next? you know that's what organizations like ours is really there for it's really to have somebody to talk to to mm-hmm. you know and then see where you go from there yeah. because you're in this life you know and, and as i've gotten older i realized i don't settle anymore you know there's no reason to settle why are we settling for things in when we are at home with our kids and when our kids are younger yeah there's a lot of negoc- negotiation there's a lot of you know compromise and things like that but that's totally different than hanging out with people that don't serve you mm-hmm. yes. and, and doing things like the yes, yes, sure. I'll do that. Sure. I'll. You can't do everything. <laughs> we just have to know that it's okay to say no. Um, the, people, the friends that care about us, they'll understand that. They'll probably wish, and I bet you they will.
0: Oh gosh, I wish I could do that.
1: I wish I could say no. Mm-hmm. So we have to yep. know that
0: we can do anything. That's even a big motivator for me. It's like, even in this podcast, like, did I ever think I would be doing a podcast? No, but I love meeting. I love meeting people. I love hearing their stories. And just like, even going into this, it's like, I don't have a script. I don't have anything. It's just like, we're going in, we're going to keep it real. We're going to have conversation and see where things take us. And it's what makes it so fun. And it's like, it gets me excited to hear about all the amazing things that you're doing and how, you're able just to inspire other women to make it doesn't matter where you came from, what led you to where you are right now. It's like appreciate where you are. Know you can always change and take your life any direction that you want it to go. Except there's no more settling. Even if you're in a job that
1: you absolutely hate. Yeah. Like you got to think about it in a different kind of way. You know, like I say, when I was cleaning houses, I mean, I don't really mind cleaning, but I really use that as a, a motivator. And do I have somebody that cleans my house? Yes. I do now and i have for about the past 25 years but the thing is though is i i was putting it out there and i was excited because i was like oh my gosh you know and i'm working my butt off and trying i remember the one lady always wrote on her mirror with lipstick oh reminders. gosh
0: but she yeah. loved getting that off there
1: yes Yes, and, that's what, and as I'm taking it off, I'm like, but the one thing I'm never going to do is write on li- right with lipstick on my mirror, because this is really hard to come off. Like I would <laughs> yeah. like put myself in those situations and I, and, and just like tell myself stories as I'm cleaning people's houses. Yeah. Um, but I think we all have to do that. Even if we're in a job mm-hmm. we don't like, okay, let's do it. But now where are we going to, we don't need to stay there. Meaning mentally, what do we really want to do? What do we mm-hmm. desire to come of this? And it may not be even be that thing that you think, oh my gosh, this is the only thing I want in that journey, right? How many times have we heard that? In that journey is where we find that thing that we really do love. So like you with the podcast, me with this tech stuff, on I am so, I wouldn't consider myself a tech person. Do I know about coding now some? Yeah, I know a whole lot more than I did before. Yeah. And developing and, and even with the nonprofit when I started to being able to farm things out, right? Because at first you're basically doing everything. Mm-hmm. Um, I always feel like I need to learn how to do it first, even if I'm not the best at it, then I can have people come in and help me. Cause then I know what I'm asking for, right? Cause mm-hmm. if I don't know what I'm asking for, if I haven't done it, then I have no idea. So I've learned that over the years too. And I've encouraged all my kids to do that. And just real quick back to the teaching our kids and and our us as adults being on a routine. And I I know that you are as well. That's so, so important to teach our kids that routine. And when I look at my older kids now, my 32 and 29, they have a morning routine. Um, So does actually my, my, my college students do too. It just sometimes depend on what time their class starts as to whether or not they're starting that routine at a certain time or not. Right. Um, But my other, I remember those. Yeah, I remember that, but my, but they know how important a morning routine is mm-hmm. for them. And, and they know that their dad has a morning routine as well. Like it, you know, it's just, I think we can ingrain that in our kids. And if they waver off of the path a little bit, yep. they know what will bring them back. You know, they know this. Yes. And, and I think I even wrote the book, the 30 day self-perception makeover for teens. Um, and and not know knowing that all this stuff's not going to sink in. But even if they get a little bit of it back here, yep. And then at some point, pull it back out and say, "Oh, wait a minute, wait a minute, I yep. heard about this." Then,
0: that then I've done my job.
1: It worked. It worked.
0: It does work. I mean, anything. That's always what we're looking for. It's just like take the littlest nugget and like even from today, anybody listening, it's like, what's the nugget that stuck out to you? How can you apply it into your own life? And do it consistently, like give it 30 days, give it six weeks. Do it consistently. See if it works for you. See how you feel different. Are you thinking differently? And right. make I think that's just where it all starts. It's small little changes that yeah. you can make to transform.
1: All changes. And, and yeah. also we have good habits and bad habits. We talk about this in the book. And the good habits move us forward and the bad habits hold us back. Well, okay, what are the bad habits? I'm not saying cold turkey, stop your bad habit, but let's find a replacement. Let's find mm-hmm. something else that you can do in the place of that, even if you start out doing that for three days a week. I mean, how many yep. people come, you, you're into fitness as well. I know you probably get the same question. Oh, Kath, like, how can I start to get into shape? How can I do this? Well, okay. Do you drink wine every night? Tell me, what what do you, what is your routine? What do you do? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, that's probably going to, that's going to have to stop um, as well as the, you know, going yeah. out to eat every day. And I say that because a lot of the women that come to me is, you know, they're, they're, as we call them, empty nesters, right? So it's easier mm-hmm. sometimes to go out to a restaurant than to go and cook for one or two people. But yep. again, those are maybe they're not bad habits, but it's not moving them in the direction they want to go in. And yeah. it's not hard to make those changes. So little, little tweaks make huge, huge results.
0: I totally agree with you. So where can, I want to post in the description, where can people find you, find your blog, find the things that you're doing yep. so that way we can share that?
1: Yeah. So they can go to kathleenminer.com and I've got the links in there just to make it easy. Um, cool. Yeah. And I'll send, I'll send you the ZZ Adam link and stuff like that. Cause ZZ Adam is an app so you can download the app. It's also available on desktop, but Okay. The app is really cool. I and mean, we're real proud of the app. Those are other things I didn't think of, you know, meaning that it's hard to get a social app. It's easier to get. I can it. only it's imagine. Kind of, when you go to get us an app that has something to do with networking or social media, I guess you get put kind of in the same pot as like Facebook, Instagram, stuff like that. So they've got a lot of parameters.
0: But um, yeah, we got through it. So that was great. That's awesome. Good yeah. for you. Thank thank you for being here, taking the thank time you, out of your, of your busy schedule just to, to invest in us. And so that way we can invest in ourselves from what you had to offer. So thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you for having me. Yeah. Bye everybody.